get involved in politics because politics just divides. If I said Jesus was a Democrat, I'd divide the Republicans. If I said he was a Republican, the Democrats would say, why would I want to go to that church? But Jesus is better. He's bigger than all that stuff, right? That's why we don't take sides. We, we lift up the name of Jesus, amen, and we vote for the word of God to happen. The Bible says righteousness exalteth a nation. And that's what we're praying for. We're praying for righteousness to be exalted in our nation, that God's will would be done. And if God wants Donald Trump for the next four years, that's who's going to be it. If he wants Joe Biden, that's who's going to be it. There's a, bigger, there's a bigger kingdom that's on its way. And we don't want to get caught up with what's down here. We need to pray and do our part. But I'm looking forward to the kingdom that lasts a thousand years with peace. And Jesus Christ ruling in our hearts, in our minds, and on his throne. That's what's coming. America's just a, a nation to get it to get us to that point. God has a covenant with Israel. I don't see a covenant with America. He has a covenant with Israel. And if there's a nation, that's the nation. But we gotta do our part. And we all God lifts up kings and brings them down. Amen. So we want God's will to be done. Amen. And uh, don't fret if we don't find out Tuesday night who it is. I think we have till December 8th to all the for the uh, states to turn in their electoral votes. So uh, if not Tuesday, maybe December 8th. Uh, so we'll just pray. Pray for the country. We all need it. This world needs it. Amen. Amen. We, uh, we look forward to that. The, the word of God is what keeps us. Keeps us as a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Amen. That's what we want to do. Amen. We're going to have the, uh, the word of the Lord come. Brother Email Pearl is going to come and, and minister to us today. Amen. So, would you make him welcome as he comes to preach today? Hallelujah. I asked Sister Leslie if we could just sing that last chorus. With Jesus, it will happen. Come on, will you help us sing? With Jesus, it will happen. With Jesus, it will happen in this place. Come on, with Jesus. With Jesus, do you believe that? With Jesus, Jesus, it will happen. Oh, with Jesus, Jesus, it it will happen in this place. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I could use that intro, that song, for every time I get up. Isn't it so true? I'm here to tell you today that anything, and I mean absolutely anything, is possible with God. Whatever your current situation is, I mean whatever your current situation is, with God all things are possible. He is still in control. You may be here this morning in need of something that's so important to to you in your life that you don't know 
which way to turn. I'm telling you, God is in control when we turn to Him. You might be sick. You might be in a bad relationship. You might be in need of a job. You might be in need of a spiritual healing in your life. You just might be in need of God to help you reach others. But not every situation is a bad situation. Come on. I hope you're not one of those people to look for bad in everything. Sometimes we can wake up with the joy of Jesus on our mouths and in our hearts and in our minds. But we still need Jesus in our lives. Just because everything is smelling like roses and going your way and you got that that uh, COVID bonus in your paycheck, God is still in control. What I'm trying to say here is don't leave this place without being completely filled with Jesus. Don't do it. If you've never lifted up your hands in church, lift your hands. If you've never uh, spoke praises to Jesus, do that before you leave here today. If you've never walked down to an altar, do that today. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, we have water here. Be baptized in the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Ghost, you can be baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the Holy Ghost. Nicodemus came to Jesus and Jesus told him, you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. If you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, you can today. Amen. Why don't we lift our hands and give him praise before we read our scripture this morning. Thank you, Lord, so much, God. Thank you, Jesus. Have your way in this place, God. Have your way right now, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I have heard of places in Africa. I believe Brother Stewart told me this. One of our missionaries, he's retired now, but think it was him, and I could be wrong. Sister Alexi, you can correct me. Where did she go? She's gone. Oh, good. She can't correct me then. She was just over there. But there used to be, or some churches, he gave you a time limit to get a hold of God. Because God doesn't mess around, and neither should you. Amen. So when the altar uh, were opened up, amen, you had so many minutes to get with God and get a hold of God. Now, you might say, that seems a little rude. But God doesn't mess around. Amen. But sometimes we come up and we mess around. And we play patty cakes with God when we know he's able. And that's what my message is going to be a little bit about today. Amen. About, about knowing that God can do something, but not having the faith that he'll do it. It's possible. Once again, I appreciate the opportunity to speak. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. If you have your Bible today you would look up to our screen, if you would like to turn with me to Matthew 14. Verses 26 through 31, and when the disciples 
saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. Amen. Because they didn't recognize Jesus on the water. Today, I want you to know that I recognize the spirit of God in this place today. There's no reason for you to be afraid of that spirit. God is here, and he loves you. Verse 27, but straightway Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered and said, Peter, you know, he was the outspoken one. How many outspoken people do we have here today? I, I'm raising my hand. How many other people that aren't lying, can you raise your hand? You're outspoken. Peter was the outspoken one. He's the one that said, hey, Jesus, if it's really you, bid me come unto thee on the water. And Jesus said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But then something happened. Peter looked around and he saw the wind boisterous and he was afraid and he began to sink and he cried, Lord, save me. Some of us are in that situation this morning. Lord, save me. Not everyone here. Don't get me wrong. I am not throwing a blanket over the congregation this morning. But as Pastor just said, there are needs here in this place this morning. Save me, Jesus. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, Oh, thou of little faith. Everyone say little faith. Wherefore didst thou doubt? Everybody say doubt. If you would turn again, let's jump over. Let's, let's go through the life of Peter really quick in a blink of an eye. In 1 Peter 3, he says, Blessed be the God of Father. This same guy that was doubting Jesus. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven. Everyone say heaven. Who are kept by the power of God through faith. Everybody say faith. From doubt to faith, Peter's gone a long ways here. Unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. What a voyage from the boat to the writing of his own letter in God's holy word. What a trip. What, what a lifetime. What a journey. If one person went from doubt to faith, it was Peter. Amen. And this afternoon, this morning, I want to speak on you about dropping doubt and finding faith. Dropping doubt and finding faith. Hey, why don't you turn to someone, shake their hand, or fist bump them if you'd rather do that, and tell them you're glad to see them. If if many of you know me, I'm a, I'm a, I kind of. A little bit OCD, just a little bit. So I like things in order and, and stuff like that. So uh, I, I don't know if I've ever said this before. So I like waiting for everybody to be seated before I start. Amen. So if you want to, if you want to get up and walk around and stuff like that, and you can't, no, I'm just joking. Amen. I have a sign at my house 
It says, I've walked the walk, Navy veteran. But I want to be able to say that about my walk with Jesus. You see, I want to be able to say that because I am still, I consider myself still walking. And I'm still trying to drop my doubt and find my faith every day in my experience with God. Peter had several experiences in doubt or unfaithfulness. Despite his initial faith and and excitement of jumping out into the water and actually thinking he can walk on the water, which he did. Despite his initial faith, Peter found himself facing a dangerous test. In the walk between sight and faith, and remember, 2 Corinthians says that we walk not by sight, but by faith. His impulsive faith disappeared, and fear took his place. Taking his eyes off of Jesus to focus on the raging waves, he sank, but he did not drown. Jesus saved him, but Peter must have felt humiliation that night as his fear and his failure revealed his weakness and his lack of true faith. Another example is the night, and we're just going to, we're just going to, boom, boom, hit some of uh, uh, Peter's uh, topics uh, or his life a little bit. Another night uh, of his testimonial of betrayal was the night that Jesus was praying and of the night of Jesus' betrayal. When Jesus was praying and he was guiding his disciples, he was praying things like this in John 17. God, whatever I have is of you. Now, I want you to be the disciples listening to Jesus, okay? Whatever I have is of you. And in return, I have given them my disciples. And they have received them, and they believe that you sent me. I pray for them, and I am glorified in them. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word in a world that hates them. Sound familiar? And because they are not of this world, I pray that you keep them from the evil as I send them out into the world. Sanctify them through your truth because your word is truth. So that the world will believe that you, God, has sent me. And Jesus wraps up by saying in John 17, 26, And I have declared unto them mine, thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. In John 18, we're going to skip a little bit, 10, 11, Then Simon, Peter, having a sword, drew it, and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. Peter, were you not just listening to the words of Jesus? How you were going to be his disciples and how you were going to tell the world and that how everything was going to turn out just right. It was like Peter never heard anything the Lord was praying and was speaking. And so when the soldiers came to take Jesus, Peter takes out his sword and he he cuts off one of the soldiers' ears. And then John 18, 11 says, and said Jesus unto Peter, put up thy sword into thy sheath. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink, Peter? Shall, is this not what's supposed to happen? Have you not really been with me, Peter? Where is your faith, Peter? 
Peter doubted the outcome that Jesus had spoken of. His faith once again sank. But eventually, through more failures, Peter came to this conclusion. Now is the time to get serious with myself. You might have thought I would say get serious with God. But I want you to understand, we can't fool God. God knows us. We can't fool him, but we can fool ourselves. And you might be thinking that everything's fine and dandy, but unless you're living right for God, you're fooling yourself. Let's step it up 2,000 years and let's get on to what's happening in the world today. I, I feel like we're doing pretty good. Our church is open. All right, I, I think we're doing pretty good here. I made it through COVID, you might say. The riots and protests don't affect me. My church is back open. Everything's fine. But my friend, unfortunately, we might be looking at even worse times in our future. I'm not a negative preacher. I don't ever want to be a negative preacher. I don't want to sell gloom and doom. I do not do that. But I am, I feel like I'm a real person, a real preacher. I, I want you to understand that before I go on. I don't know what your relationship with God over the last seven and a half months have been, but I will tell you that I've grown closer to God. I looked back within the few weeks of it, staying home, not being able to go out, not being able to go out uh, without being confined to uh, your little space, your little bubble, if you will, wearing a mask, doing this, coming to church with empty pews while we were doing the streaming. I don't know about you, but I decided right then, I need to get closer with God. Everything depends on it. Everything depends on it. And I know that now is not the time to let your spiritual guard down just because we made it through. So today is the time. Now is the time to be honest with ourselves and open-minded about our lives and where we are headed. Church, we can't lose sight of our goal, which we repeated earlier. It's heaven. We can't lose sight of that. No matter what's happening around you, no matter how many times you wake up uh, in, in, in each month, how many times you wake up with the thought of Jesus on your mind, you can't forget that our goal is heaven. How many of us, speaking of waking up, wake up with heaven on our mind? We have so many outside forces, uh, worldly and spiritually, pressing on us. One thing this world and the devil have in common, they want heaven the furthest thing from your mind. They, they don't want you to think about heaven and your goal. They want you to just go on with your lives, with your busy lives, and not think about heaven. One thing. One thing that this world and the devil have in common is they want heaven off your mind. There are so many distractions right now. Can I mention the obvious one that Pastor brought up a little earlier? The election. That will make you cringe a little bit when you, when, you, when you say that. How many social media posts and news outlets are showing the division of this country? Do you think they're trying to pull us together? No. God wants us to follow him. Right? 
How many follow him on Instagram? Facebook. Well, there isn't one. Well, there's a reason maybe God's not on there. Oh, Lord, don't throw things at me after church. But there's an enemy, the devil, who's doing everything he can to make us choose anything else but God. The Bible says the enemy seeks and steals and kills and destroys us. And believe me, he's well prepared. He's been doing this for a long time. There's a cosmic war happening, and we are the battlefield. How many spiritual battles seem to pop up out of nowhere, distracting you from following the Lord? They just seem to pop up within family, at work, at the store, on the news, on social media. They just pop up. Just some crazy, crazy Facebook and Instagram and and social media pages. Uh, I don't know if I have the right word right, but they're just denouncing, defaming the name of the Lord. It is crazy that they can do that. And they're not going to get away with it. I understand that completely. But it's so sad to see that. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Why am I talking about that right now? Because you might believe, you might read it, but do you believe it? You might believe that is true, but do you believe that is true for you? Brother Pearl, are you saying we can get distracted spiritually in our walk with the Lord? Yes, I am. Man, wouldn't the devil want you just to spend all your time battling spiritual, you know, battles and wars around here and not focus on our our, our mission in the church is to win the lost, to reach souls? Wouldn't he want you to be distracted 24-7 without the great commission in mind? Peter took his eyes off of Jesus several times to battle an opposing force, and the results were disastrous. David and Samson both dropped the ball and ended up failing God, even though they thought they were doing his will. I've seen it more times than I wanted to. Somewhere a family member sets himself up to being so spiritually focused that others suffer. They focus on the battle instead of he who is the general of the battle. Peter was more concerned about number one and that he had made himself number one. I want, wanted to take this opportunity to remind us that along our spiritual trip to heaven, we need to still take as many people with us as we can. In other words, we need to reach the loss and win. Amen. We are fighting. This, this church is a praying uh, and, and has a bunch of prayer warriors in it. Amen. It is so evident of that when, the, when we have the all-night prayer meeting and when we have prayer before service and on Tuesday nights that we are praying. And, and you know what you need to be doing is thanking God for that. Because they are covering us. They are covering us with the power of God, with his pray, uh, prayer, uh, prayer, with their prayer and his presence. Sometimes I feel like that this time of COVID has been about us, just us personally, getting through. 
But now it's about, it's time to start thinking about others. Let me say it again. Just because we might be on the better side of COVID-19 and it seems the riots have calmed down, there's some flared up around the world, around the nation and around the world. A spiritual battle is raging on and it's no time to sit on our faith thinking that everything is fine. Souls are still lost and they need God. And I hope this doesn't offend you because I will not get up behind a pulpit without telling you to reach the lost. We need to reach the lost. Amen. Some of us need our, our faith lifted. Amen. Before we can go out and reach the lost. And that's what I'm hoping to do today, that we will see a need that our faith be lifted. So Peter, there's no time like now, Peter. No time like the present. So what did he do? Well, we, need, we know the story. What did he do? He went and denied the Lord three times. He doubted again. That Jesus was come through on the end. If that's you, my friend, if you doubt Jesus can help in your marriage, uh, if, if that's in trouble, if your job is in danger, or you might not even have a job and you're looking for a better one or a job. If you're doing things you shouldn't be doing, not living right, then you need to be completely saturated in God and the things of God. And I guarantee you that God will come through for you. One thing I have no no uh, uh, withdrawals or doubt in is to stand here and tell you if you give your all to God, he will come through for you. How many times or how many know what I'm saying is exactly true? You know if you completely give yourself to God, he's going to come through. Amen. And sometimes that's where the problem starts for some of us. And you say, what? What are you talking about? We know it's true, but we don't have the faith that it's true. We can read in the Bible all day long. We can read of God's wonderful miracles. We just sing this song. God is going to come through his miracles. And please don't look at me out there if I have two, like I have two heads. I've seen it a hundred times if I've seen it once. The man of God gets up, pours out his heart, or woman of God gets up, pours out her heart. We praise singers get up, and they're just sweating. The drummer's over there with four fans on them, just going crazy. And you have people out there that just been raised in church all their lives. Know everything they're doing up there is true. But God can't work in your life. How many has been there? Come to church with a sour attitude, thinking nothing can help you, and then God gets a hold of you and, and, and kind of slaps you a little bit? Amen. Yeah, our feelings might get hurt sometimes, but we don't leave with a black eye. Amen. We leave with a filled heart. Amen. Faith is there. We know God heals the sick, but we don't come forward when called. We know God can. Did you guys know, just in case you don't know, that when the, the preacher gives an altar call, that he would like or she would like people to come down and get healed. 
just in case you didn't know that, and that's why you're staying back. And I don't mean, mean to be too sarcastic there, but God can do anything in your life. If you are questioning coming to this church or not, God, if you come to the altar or if you pray where you're at too with an open mind and an honest heart, God will give you an answer. I believe that. Am I saying that God can only touch you in this altar? No, I'm not saying that. Amen. You see me going throughout the congregation. I love praying for people because I know God can touch you anywhere. Amen. But sometimes we got to step out of the boat. And, and, and we just read, sometimes when you step out of the boat, it, maybe it's not all roses. Maybe sometimes you get distracted, but at least you stepped out of the boat. Matthew 16, 15, and he said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? We're talking about Peter again, uh, uh, some of the things and the events in his life. And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said, and, and gave him probably one of the best compliments ever. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed this unto you, but my father, which is in heaven. Man. I want to have Peter's faith at that point, his knowledge right there. I want to be complimented by Jesus like that. And I say also unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Sounds like Peter is a pretty important dude. Peter's flying pretty high right now. Jesus just gave him the keys. Anybody remember the time you got the keys for the first time? Man, I was so excited to get into my 1978 Chevette. If you don't know what a Chevette is, look it up later on. It was rust color red. I don't know if that was the original color or if it just was like that. But I was excited to get the keys. Hey, man, and, and go down and just do whatever as long as I was back at a certain time. So Peter's flying high. He has the keys. And then Jesus drops the bomb on them all. And he starts telling them how he must go to Jerusalem and suffer and then be killed, but raised on the third day. And Jesus, uh, Peter, once again, he stepped out in the boat, and then he started to sink after he heard this. He even tried to rebuke Jesus. What? That doesn't work that way. And quickly Jesus turned it around. So Peter was looking down the wrong end of a barrel of rebuke. Twelve gauge barrel of rebuke. <laughs> you can't do that. Where's your faith, Peter? Aren't we like that sometimes? Isn't that the way it goes? Our fear interferes with our faith. You see, Peter did not want to hear about Jesus' suffering or death. Those things made him anxious. 
and afraid. There's a lot going on today, if I can come back to the present, that's causing you fear or causing you to be anxious. From the nation's crisis to your own problems. You thought before all this COVID stuff and this riot stuff, your problems were, were, were just the only thing going on in your lives. And now we got it smeared and plastered in front of us every day. Now there's only, uh, there's the uncertainty of what tomorrow holds. But what am I going to do today? Don't think that for a moment that if your presidential candidate wins, the crisis happening all over the country is just going to end. Just go away. COVID's just going to disappear. Because the person that you voted for won, or won the election. We still need faith in God. We still need healing in our lives and in this country. Jesus knows exactly where we are and what the solution is. Do you believe that today? Amen. I believe it. I believe Jesus knows exactly what's happening in my life and where I am. In our opening scripture, Peter wants to go to Jesus. He wants to go there. Jesus answers Peter, and he says, come on. Come on. And so Peter does. But just after a few steps, the wind startles him, and he begins to sink, crying, Lord, save me. And, of course, Jesus saves him. But he also asks him this serious question. You of little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? Jesus says. So why, why do we doubt? Jesus calmed the storm with his voice. He fed 5,000 people just a, a few days before this with only a few loaves of bread. And he walked on water. With this knowledge, why would we ever lack, lack faith? Well, one answer is fear. Like the disciples, sometimes storms pop up in our lives and scare us half to death. That's what storms do. It's natural for a dog to hide under the bed when he hears thunder. Anybody have a dog like that? A child to cling to her mom when she sees lightning. A driver to pull over when they can no longer see the road. But it's just not the wind and rainstorms that scare us. So do the metaphorical storms of our lives. Things like global pandemics, combative elective cycles, horrifying diagnoses, Economic downturns and social discord can shake us to the core. I'm telling you, this is life. This is what we go through, every one of you. If you look around this room, every one of us has been going through this. Amen. We don't know the situation personally in your life, but we know the situation you are watching in the world. And we are all feeling it with you. In the middle of difficult sitbacks like these, it's not uncommon for anyone to doubt their faith in God. And that's exactly what happened to Peter in our text. All Jesus does is ask why. I know we have a few teachers in this, in this congregation, and sometimes they ask why, and they, they already know the answer to the question. But he wants, Jesus wants us to know it too, and so he put it in there. Simply put, it's because we're human. Fear is instinctual, instinctual, sorry. Fight or flight response. When that happens, we tend to leave the calm, rational thoughts behind. We often need help getting back to a more faithful frame of mind. 
Jesus was not asking this rhetorical question, why did you doubt to shame Peter? Jesus isn't in that business. Instead, he uses this question to get a frightened Peter to focus on what's most important. In the middle of life's storm, and this is a very important for us today, faith is more important than safety. Faith is the foundation of human life, as important as food or water and shelter. Only after we get a hold of faith can safety add value to living. This is the message of the cross. This is the message of Jesus' whole life. And faith is what Jesus wants Peter and all of us to focus on when the storms come. Peter is a prime example of what it means to have lived a life of doubt, dropping that doubt, and then refocusing on finding faith. And this is exactly what Peter did. Through all his doubts and failures, he found faith in Jesus and his gospel. John 20, if you read that chapter, it's where they find the tomb empty and Jesus was not there. And the Bible says that he, Peter, and the other disciples entered the tomb and saw the empty grave clothes and believed. No longer was Peter going to doubt Jesus, but he saw with his eyes, he saw with his faith that Jesus was raised again. If we could fast forward to the day of Pentecost, Peter stands up as a leader the man with the keys to the kingdom. He raised his voice and addressed the crowd gathered outside the upper room. So many of us know what he said that day. He eloquently delivered the plan of salvation. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's for us today. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, we got water. It's the only way anybody was ever baptized was in the name of Jesus. You can read it in there and you can believe it in there, but do you have faith to do it? The man who had doubted Jesus so many times found faith and helped change thousands of lives that day and millions in the future. Do you realize that if it was up to man, Nobody would have believed Peter. How could you believe a man who had failed so many times? But God, as Sister Melody would so often say, but God. He looks beyond your sinking and sees the man of woman or woman of faith that you are. Amen. If the musicians would come right now, why don't we just reach out to God? as they begin to come up here. Lord, we love you, Jesus. We appreciate you. God, I want you to open my mind and my understanding today. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Right after our prayer in, in the back with the musicians, um, I mentioned something that wasn't in my notes, and, but I wanted to say it again right now. It doesn't matter how big your faith is. Right? Because we know that it just takes the size of a mustard seed to move a mountain. It doesn't matter how small it is. It doesn't matter how 
big it is. It just matters that you have faith. Amen. That you have faith. Watching Peter's journey reminds us of our journey, a journey on which we can and should choose faithfulness. And a, and a journey on which we, just like Peter, re, re, he repented and, and, and re, recommitted and he refocused on a faithful, faithfulness that comes from the knowledge and love of Jesus. Through Jesus, we have experienced grace time and time again. I wish I could stand before you and say that we only doubt once in our Christian life. And the rest of your life, you're flying on faith airlines. But for those of you who have spent time living for God can tell you, there are many times where we step out onto the water and we begin to sink. But if we can just stay focused on Jesus and let him fix the problem and follow the many examples of, of those who have gone before us, we can say, I dropped faith, uh, doubt and I found faith. I've walked the walk. Let's stand this morning. Can I give you some more good news today? We serve a God that knows all about you, your life, and what you're going through. And don't think, so some of you might think, well, maybe that's not so good if he knows what's going on in my life. No, he loves you, and he cares so much about you that he wants to, just, he wants to help you. He wants to help you get through any situation. He's bigger than your enemy. He's bigger than the pressures that come against you. And he is and he has the means to bring you through any trial you're going through. You see, faith is the invisible strength that should go before us and with us in every aspect in our walk with God. And I'm wondering today if, it, if we could, if, if, if you stand there or if you walk up to the front, and make your way to this altar, that we will also step out in faith, knowing that God is here to restore our faith in Him. I'm wondering if you've been searching for faith in Jesus, but doubts keep causing you to suffer day in and day out. I'm wondering today if you're sick in body. Amen. Do you have faith that God will heal you? Are you fearful? That if you step out, you will start to sink. I promise you, if you come before God with an open mind and an honest heart, he will reach out and he'll prevent you from sinking. I know that he's done that so many times. Amen. Why don't we lift our hands right now and love him? Why don't you come to the front today and give God the opportunity to increase your faith, to fulfill it. Lord, we love you, Jesus. God, you know my job situation, God. You know my family situation, God. Lord, I love you, Jesus. You are great, God. Thank you, Jesus. Open my mind and my understanding, God, to your word right now. In the name of Jesus. My God, how great you are. How great, how great you are. Mighty Jesus, I love you, Lord. Thank you, God.
As we learn from, look to Peter, he doubted many times, but he, quickly he got up and he learned from that. Not going to allow doubt to rule our lives. We're not going to allow unbelief to be, to steal our faith, right? We're the people of God. We're promised victory. We're going to triumph in God no matter what happens because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Amen. We're going to get through whatever comes our way because God is going to be for us, right? Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Brother Pearl, for that encouraging word, reminder. Even when we're sleep, uh, sinking, God is right there to pull us out. Amen. We've got to look back to Him. Amen. Um, 
Remember, obviously, uh, as we close out the election, if you want to pray and fast um, for that. Um, also, on Friday, uh, we, we're going to get some more donation, more food donations, um, as we did. Uh, it's been a few weeks. But this time, there's going to be uh, meat, milk, and cheese, I think, and all kinds of other stuff. So we're going to get lots of boxes, enough for everybody. But meat, milk, and cheese can't sit out over the weekend. They can. You can have that box if you want. So Friday about 8 a.m. or so, somewhere around there, we're hoping to have uh, th those boxes here. And so if you want some, uh, we need to help make arrangements because we don't. We have a fridge, but we can't. We can't hold 100 boxes of stuff. Okay. So if you want uh, boxes for you, your family, your whole block, like we got to get rid of these things. Okay. Friday morning around 8. Um, we'll be here, doors open, maybe till you know, noon. They say, what, things can't sit out for four hours. So we'll do our best, but know that this Friday there's going to be lots of food and stuff here. So if you want it, um, and if you can't make it but you want a box or a couple boxes, let me know, and we'll see if we can figure something out, okay? Because I don't have that fridge space in my house. We, don't, we can't hold all that stuff, amen? Man, the blessings of God, amen. To bless us and also to be a blessing to other people, right? We're not going to hoard all the blessings. We're to be a vessel that God just flows through, comes out of us, and we give it to others. So be a blessing to other people. Amen. We have, uh, we have some bread. We still have bread in the back. If you want some more bread uh, today after service, help yourself. We've got to get rid of that as well. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed today in Jesus' name. Let's go and be the church to be the people of victory, of love, of light, of hope. In Jesus' name.